Chapter Three of Fruits of the Spirit. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare in County Antrim, Northern Ireland. Fruits of the Spirit by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Chapter Three The Practice of Immortality. The gains which men and women have made in self control, understanding of life, beauty and nobility of character have been secured by those who have lived in advance of the standards of their time in most cases the separation has not been so great as to involve the tragedy of persecution but sometimes it has led straight to the hemlock the block or the cross in every generation and in every country there has been a group of those upon whom the light of the morning rested and who have pressed on into the new day they were not reformers in the sense of aggressively attacking the things in which they did not believe they were always so intent on bringing their own into their lives the power of higher ideals that they served their fellows best not by what they destroyed but by what they revealed and made credible to many who surrounded them those eager seekers for the better life seemed to be pursuing dreams as evanescent as the rainbow and seeking ends as unreal as the pot of gold that lies concealed where the arch of radiant mist rests on the ground but the mountains stand distinct and immovable though the near-sighted do not see them to the foresighted they are as real and solid as the earth beneath their feet men have followed dreams and fallen in a vain though not always barren pursuit of them but those who see further than their fellows and live in the larger relations which their vision reveals to them are of all men most rational one need not wait for the banishment of greed from society to practice unselfishness one need not wait for a clean and civilized legal treatment of marriage relations to keep the home pure and sacred one need not wait until public life is cleansed from dishonesty to serve his fellows with a heart that knows no treachery to the great interests of the nation and with hands that have never taken bribes one need not wait until war is abolished to live the life of peace that rests on the love of god expressed in the love of man society is made up of those who live by the standards of the day and of those who live by the standards of tomorrow and the real dreamers are those who accept things as they are and followers after the higher realities are those who have wakened out of sleep and have looked upon life as it is to these clear-sighted men and women the standards they recognize are made more definite and commanding by living as if these standards were already universally accepted and they gradually conform their aims and deeds to these higher requirements and are more alive than their fellows because they are in touch with a greater number of real things the discussion of the credibility of immortality has its uses and becomes imperative from time to time but the final demonstration of this great fact is never made as the result of a process of reasoning it is ultimately and convincingly revealed in the experience those who do not know immortality as a fact of experience often have opinions about it but can never have knowledge of it and when that knowledge has been attained all the argument in the world will disturb the faith which springs out of it as little as the scepticism of the short-sighted will disturb those who see the mountains whenever they lift their eyes the fact that many good and true men and women doubt the immortality of the soul 
has no more weight with those who have learned it by experience than has the inability of the good and true to appreciate music power to disturb the faith or destroy the joy of those who know that beethoven was as authentic a voice as shakespeare and that the symphony pathetic has a real and substantial a cry from the soul of russia as was dostoevsky's poor folk immortality is not a future state it is a present condition it is not a gift to be conferred hereafter it is a power inherent in the human soul it is not a fact to be proved by logical demonstration any more than the reality of the life of which we are now conscious it is not a truth to be revealed in some remote heaven it is a fact to be accepted as life is accepted and to be lived as life is lived in thought emotion and action if we would know immortality we must write it on our hearts that we are now immortal if we would get the peace and joy of it we must rest securely in it if we would have it become steadily more real commanding and inspiring we must live as immortals for immortality is no more a dream than those higher realities which have led aspiring souls in every generation step by step upward we have gone only a little way in the full unfolding of the human spirit but we have gone so far that our commonplace realities of the relations of man with man would have seemed to our remote ancestors like the idle dreams of children to be laughed to scorn by all men who wish to deal with life as it is they have not discovered that life is a different matter to each succeeding generation that in the sense of a reality which is the same everywhere and to all there is no such thing as life as it is life was one thing to socrates and another thing to cleon one thing to judas and another to the christ one thing to lincoln and another to burr does any one question which kind of life was the largest and most real it is idle to tell the man who practises a virtue above the standard of his time that he is a dreamer he knows what has actually happened in his own experience he knows that he is living in a larger world than the doubters and sceptics and he knows that the virtue he strives to attain is real because he practises it in like manner the men and women who have dreamed what dr gladden has finally called the practice of immortality are not dreaming of a possible revelation to be made hereafter they are living now in a larger view of the world and acting day by day in the light of present knowledge they do not search the books for arguments in support of the truth of immortality nor are they disturbed by the fluctuations of opinion regarding it they are absorbed in the practice of it they think of themselves always as immortal they live day by day in the immediate presence of that spiritual order in this present stage of life which though invisible constantly and with increasing clearness bears witness to itself in current history they strive in all their intercourse with others to bear themselves as immortals and to reverence their fellows as sharers in the great gift of life they make immortality credible by purity helpfulness and fertility by courage calmness and the sweetness that streams from a great vision become the feeder of character they think always of those who have passed through the gate of death as possessed of a more vital and transcendent life it is the dead only who really live it is we who are dying if it comforts and freshens their sense of the reality of the one life elsewhere they pray for those who have gone on as freely and confidently as for those who remain they think of the whole universe 
visible and invisible as the home in which god lives of life as one and indivisible of immortality as a present possession and of its practice as its only real evidence and demonstration they find no incredible mystery in the empty tomb from which the christ walked unharmed because in thought word and deed he lived as an immortal from the hour of his birth to the hour of his ascension and in all this they are no more dreamers than is the man in the little remote country who by education and travel has so widened his relations that he lives in the world instead of the place where he does his work finds his shelter and takes his daily rest than the man who in this present stage of war greed and selfishness lives in the reality of a nobler age as surely coming out of the travail of to-day as his age of spiritual and moral striving has come out of the age of barbarism lust and fear end of chapter three recording by chad horner from ballyclare in county antrim northern ireland